So, Danny, what did you think of the movie? It was very violent. It was a total attack against kids, the whole movie. Everything that kids love was being used against them. Like what? Clowns. Even the penguin had a ducky boat. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you wore shack. Horsemen, force men, and they've long been having the course mapped. It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes, it's that you don't want to. You cope by putting the blinders on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Underground. This is episode 41. Our dogs are still safe from Fauci. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta this use so it while I can. We keep that I going. know, I know. <laughs> Got him. <he. laughs> <laughs> oh man, Joseph. How's? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like. It's so funny doing the second episode because for those of you that don't know yet, we do this back to back. So we've already like talked to each other. It's like, uh, well, I, so yeah. I don't know. Well, we can. How do we fake and pretend? Yeah, like, what do we? Hey, David, uh, how are you? Oh man, work's been nah. so crazy this week. I can't wait for Halloween this weekend. Let's just let's just go right into it. Yeah, um, yeah. If, if you like our podcast and you want to support us, there are three things. The two best things that you can do. Share our podcast, number one, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Number two, uh, download our episodes. It helps us to, to gauge how many people are listening. And then number three, we have a value for value system here. So whatever value you think you're getting from our podcast, you can give us some value in return and donate to us in the form of your time, your talent, your treasure. And for treasure, that would be money. And so you can find our PayPal donation link in our show notes. Uh, for time and talent, it could be if you find any uh, news videos, uh, articles that you find interesting, you can send them to us. And if we also find them interesting and put them on the podcast, we'll credit you. Yeah. If you want to do cover art, any type of art for our podcast, if you want to audio edit, video edit, anything else that we if, haven't that I'm not saying yeah. and you want to donate to us, uh, we'll be happy to receive that. You can find us on YouTube and Odyssey, which if you click our show notes, you will also uh, get a link to both of those. Like, subscribe, engage with us. Uh, that engagement really matters. We care. If you don't agree with anything, let us know. We're happy to discuss with people who don't dis with people who do disagree with us. We don't think you're the enemy. Uh, and then lastly, you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, but don't forget to share our podcast. That is the best way that you can help us if you have no time, talent, or treasure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, really, any talent you got. If you think, if you got advice for us, we'll take your advice. Yep. Like, we may not use your advice, but if you think you got something that, that would help us out, like, we'll, we'll take anything. You don't have to be the most talented person out there. If, if, if it's something that makes the show even 1% better, we're absolutely for it. Um, just want to make 100%. that. Just want to make that clear because sometimes I don't know. I feel like I listen to shows even when I listen to like No Agenda, which for those of you that don't know, that's kind of where we got the the value for value system from. It's something we want to stick to because, like I keep saying, I don't want to 
try to sell you pillows um, yes. or any of the that other garbage. We don't want to be beholden to great I, value. Right. I'd rather I'd rather tell you guys about products that I like, um, even if we're not getting paid for it, uh, because I like them, not because someone's trying to pay me money for it. Because I, I, I yeah. always get the feeling anytime someone does that, even if they really like the product, that they're hamming it up just a little bit because they know that that might help product get sold and yep. make them money so make them some money <clears throat> this is the product just like people hang, speaking of which yeah the people who recommend manscaper please stop yeah, for all good. men out there please <laughs> stop it is lies i have been physically affected by this. <laughs> lies all of it yeah 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 uh <laughs> Jeez, that's worse to me than the pillow thing. Yeah, that's probably one of the worst ones. Um, that I don't know if you remember the. Uh, there was this time on YouTube where everyone was uh, supporting Rage Shadow Legends. Uh, uh, it was like every yeah. video was brought to you by Rage uh, Shadow Legends. It's just like, guys, please stop. Or, I'm not playing this crap. <laughs> or whenever video on YouTube was Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That, that I push? forgot about that because <laughs> he spent like a billion dollars on his campaign. Yeah. Dude, freaking uh, that uh, uh, meme of the urinals, and it's like, you know, 20 of them that are all open, and there's one guy peeing, and the guy walks up to the one right by the guy peeing, <laughs> and he says, I'm Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> right, I, I should see if I can find the video so that you we can use this at the, the beginning where uh, Bernie Sanders is like, I am once again asking for your support, or whatever, so yes. that we can try to get people to help us out. Um, all right, well, let's let's just get into it. Let's get into the first topic. Um, we teased this a little bit last week, but the first thing we're going to be talking about is Eternals, um, my favorite mm -hmm. topic, probably yours too. Best movie from Marvel bro, to come out. Bro, so. I so I, I know you saw this. I posted about uh, uh, Eternals last week uh, on Instagram, and e like everyone still thinks this movie's going to be good. <laughs> And I don't get they it. Don't it doesn't know. even. Like, Why did I think that this movie was coming out this past weekend? Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I, I don't know. That. It doesn't come but out. I for, posted for on two... Instagram that about it, and I'm like, no, it doesn't come out this weekend. Yeah, no it, one's going to see it. That's why everybody voted no. Yeah. <laughs> Not everybody voted no, but majority of people. Voted no. I guess you should be more concerned about the people who said yes. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. So it comes out a. A week from the day that this episode will go live, which would be yeah. Thursday, um, which is also the day that I'm going to see last night uh, in Soho. So that's Edgar Wright's new movie. Um, it's kind of like he describes it as a time travel murder mystery or like time travel slasher nice. or something like that. So I was like, well, he's one of my favorite directors. So. Um, he's like he's one of my favorite directors for a, for like two reasons. One, he makes great films. And two, he kind of keeps his mouth shut about his like opinions like he he talks about it occasionally mm -hmm. um like he's still part of that like hollywood crowd or whatever but he does a pretty good job of like it's like i'm a filmmaker like this is what i do this is what i'm proud of this is the what i love it's his craft right and um just like with uh dilly uh D denis villanoe who we'll talk about with Dune later. Um, he's another guy who, like, I don't know what his political uh, leanings nope. are or whatever. But, Could care less, too. And, and exactly. And his, but his craft is the thing that he puts out there. Um, and those are people that I would rather... I mean, even if I disagree with them on stuff, like, I'd rather support that than people who just won't shut up about their intersectional garbage and the message and all that. 
Um, yep. All right, so let's talk about Eternals. Um, uh, the uh, let's see, the premiere I think was a week ago. Yep. Um, it was I believe you're right. Close to it. I was looking to see if the article said anything about it. So wasn't it, it October 24th or was that the Rome no, one? No, because that was like yes, that was like yeah Sunday yesterday. Yeah. Um. So anyway, they had. The I think pre- it was last week sometime. It, it was definitely last week sometime, and I don't know why it's not mentioning. When was this written? October 18th. So it was probably. Um, somewhere within that time period probably the day before two days before um <clears throat> anyway uh there was some early there was an early screening this is where the uh the world premiere of it was and it's really interesting to read some of these like blue check mark tweets about the movie uh so i just wanted to run through these and then i want to read some of the uh current rotten tomatoes uh like version of the of the tweets where they kind of give you just a summary of it um but this first one says actually i'll, I'll put these on the uh here we go. Um, it says, hashtag Eternals. Wow, a lot to unpack. If Marvel movies are a Venn diagram, variations within that overlap, this movie is off the charts. Hands down the most different of any of their films. <laughs> Joseph. This, this tweet was sponsored by Marvel and Disney. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> he, oh, man. A lot of times I feel like these people have to be paid by Disney or whoever. So, um I, I would agree with but you. That but doesn't even make any sense. It reminds me of someone trying to talk really intelligent of reviewing a movie and failing miserably. It, yeah, it feels like people who think they know how to be um, critics. A critic. Or how to think critically about something. And they use words and try to oh like make it sound very like uh, like uh, flat like it's like flowery language you know, um, and it just kind of hides nonsense because this if it says if Marvel movies are a Venn diagram, uh, variations within that overlap, this movie is off the charts, so it's not a Venn diagram of what? So he's saying like if. Marvel movies are a Venn diagram, so they all kind of connect in a certain way, and yeah. that they're that pieces of them fit into other pieces, um, and right. he's probably there's similarities between them. Which sure, that's correct. He says this movie is off the charts. So does that mean that this isn't in the Venn diagram? So why did you bring that up to begin with? <laughs> and then right, hands down, the most different of any of their films. Like that's not telling me anything. <laughs> nope. Like what Doesn't does tell that me if it's mean? a good movie. Nothing. All right, so let's move on to the no next break now. Uh, Marvel's Eternals is spectacularly weird and rich with a new MCU mythology that makes it feel separate from everything else, right? So here's this same thing again that's different, right? right. Um, it honest, it's honestly refreshing. There's a bittersweetness to the film that you feel in its sunset shots. <laughs> um, a definite Chloe Zhao touch. It is soulful and thoughtful. So again, great. It's it's like these people are watching this and they're trying to put their emotions about it into a tweet rather than telling you how they really feel. And you were saying you were saying before. I want to I want to make this point. I don't think most of these people are paid by Disney. 
I don't no, think they. Not. I don't think they have to be because their real intention is that they just want to keep getting invited back to these yep. events. They want that access. Yeah, because for those it's of all you, about the access. Exactly. For those of you that don't know, um, when they do these world premieres and they invite critics, quote unquote qu- critics, journalists, whatever. Um, you know, your only way of getting back in, right? Because they're making money off of the good reviews. Like if they, if, if the reviews are good for a product that they're putting out, um, people might listen to them and they might go and do it. It's why like you and you and I will never probably in any sort of realistic expectation, if, even if we got to a place where we were popular enough, right? Right. Um, I should say when we should be positive about that. When we get to that, when, when we get to that point. Yes. Um, because uh, we're gonna speak our minds, and I'm definitely, I'm definitely not gonna say I like something if I don't like it. Um, yeah, it's gonna that be authenticity, like, yeah, no, it sucked. <laughs> authenticity and honesty builds rapport, credibility, yes, trustworthiness, yes. and Marvel movies, comic book hero movies in general have just had a specific generic formula. No, uh tie down to them no, nothing amazing about them nothing great just kind of the same old standard formula to get the audience and ooh, nice shots ooh, same thing and ah. here's one i agree with you this one's great <laughs> holy crap eternals is a freaking masterpiece okay uh packed with adrenaline right from the start but also filled with lots of heart and humor so many mcu firsts well, what do you think that means, Joseph? <laughs> uh, your mind uh, will be blown. Nods to comics, but a totally unique story. Those end credits are game changers. Okay. Do you want to start? You want me to start? You go ahead. The first thing that point, that uh, that stands out to me, and this is this is a common problem, and it really has been even before this new phase, is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this line right here at the very end that says these end credits are game changers um which i uh i won't spoil just to be nice um it's not that big of a deal it's actually kind of lame um and it just all and for those of you that that oops i didn't mean to open that um for those of you that um are somewhat uh aware of what's going on uh there's a rumor about a specific uh once musician that's going to be in this movie and uh he's playing a character that's related to the overall universe already so oh yeah it's stupid um i forget his name yeah uh i won't i won't mention it i mean it's not that big of a deal i trolled uh a friend of mine because she was like oh after that post and i can't remember why what i said but she's like oh yeah uh this person's in it that's why i'm excited to see it and i went who's that and i knew who it was you know Uh, and and she sent me like a link to like his internet movie database page and and i was like whoa whoa whoa!" i was like i'm just kidding (laughs) like i know who it is i was just trolling um yeah man i don't know and then uh a, a, a friend of ours he asked me <laughs> he goes he goes well what what do you mean why don't why don't you think this is going to be good and i sent him like this paragraph and he's like i'm regretting asking you <laughs> uh, yeah because i just pointed out the stuff we talk about on here all the time and uh the one that i think is 
the the kicker for a lot of people that just they can't get past is the the one that we talk about all the time. It's like this weird morality that the Marvel movies have now. Like the heroes do things that aren't very heroic, but then they're explained to us as if they're heroic. Yeah, <laughs> right. Just like, like, oh, they murder the entire village right. for the village's own good. Right, right. <laughs> Uh, the village had a headache, so they shot them all. Yeah, it's it's just it's the villagers, stuff, I should say. It's the stuff where they go, oh yeah, this was like such a great movie, and I go, okay, well, what about that part where Black Widow was cool with her sister killing an entire prison of people? And then the one one response that I got from someone one time was like, well, they were already in prison for something, and I'm like, that's not a reason to kill them all. Not to mention, do you that think justifies the, it. Yeah, it's like, do you think the only people that work in a prison are just, or that are in a prison are just the prisoners? It's like you do realize that it it, it requires staff to continue working. It's it's ridiculous. Oh, it's it's absolutely ridiculous, and it it goes to what we've been talking about a lot is that uh, pretty visuals, though. Even some of that, I it's it's hard for me to understand why people think some of these Marvel movies look that good. Uh, yeah people are just looking for spectacle and it has nothing yep. to do with anything else going on. So, um, did you want to add anything else to that? Or you want me to move on to some of these reviews? No, you just move on to some of the reviews from okay. all rotten tomatoes. Okay. Have I convinced you to go see this yet? Oh, I want to go see it. Okay. I want to go see it. We'll, Not we'll for get... the reasons they want me to go see it for. <laughs> so I pulled up the, this is the rotten tomatoes. Um, I pulled up the, uh, the top critics, um, yep. And I'll, I'll just read some of these off. It says, the weight of uh, complicated exposition weakens the energy. What? Okay. The Okay. So what they mean by the complicated exposition is the, the script, essentially. Right. Like the, the dialogue in the script weakens the energy of Eternals a little too often. It's at its best when the focus is on the Eternals recreating their family, the humor of it, and the passion when they fight for each other and the things they love. That's a negative review, by the way. So that's I'm only reading the negative ones. Um, Eternals may not be the worst of Marvel's movies, but it's undoubtedly the most disappointing. <laughs> Which Okay, that's doublespeak. <laughs> like, yeah. if, it's, if it's the most disappointing, it has to be the worst, right? Right. Like if you have three children or if I, if, if, if like I have three children, right. And I'm like, Joseph, you're the most, you're the most disappointing, but you're not the worst. Is that not confusing? That is confusing. Um, that is confusing. I like this next one too. Uh, did you want to read it? Can yes, you read it? Constantly engaged in a kind of grit tooth authenticity <laughs> theater. Going out of this way to show you it's doing all the things proper cinnamon does, even though none of them bring any discernible benefit whatsoever to the film at hand. Oh, man. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you think he's going to compliment it. I know. All <laughs> these amazing things. So sweet. No, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You walk out, out in the depressing realization that you just seen one of the most interesting movies Marvel will ever make, and hopefully the least interesting one Chloe's out will ever make. Oh man, I don't know, man. I it, it's not looking good. I'm I'm pretty excited for us to finally be able to talk about the movie once we go see it. Like that's that's yeah. really the only reason I want to go see it. Um, I could really at this point care less about Marvel. Um. I do. I'm. I'm curious about Doctor oh. Strange, but 
Yeah, here's a here's a good one. This is kind of what we've been saying. Uh, this is from David uh, from IndieWire, and he says, "Can't these movies do anything else? Is it too much to ask the most dominant kind of cinema on the planet to shake things up and challenge itself in a more significant way?" Yes, David, it is. It's it's absolutely too much to ask. And yeah. it's it's funny that someone would say that. And, and again, these are critics, right? And I, I need mm-hmm. to look into this a little bit more myself. They have like, I think they have new writers. I don't think the people writing this in phase four, I think a lot of the people after Endgame left and they've had a yeah. whole new group of writers that are coming in because the tone and the, the, the world building is so bad right now. It is. They should have just ended it with I, Endgame, man. I like. Oh, and and we've talked about it before. Like I always thought it would have made a lot more sense, especially in um, to kind of keep the train rolling if Infinity War had been the end of phase three. And so you purposely decided characters and actors who weren't going to be around for like mm-hmm. the next th- three, four, five years. Right. And you do an right. entire phase where they're trying to undo what's happened. Instead of it being like one movie, right? You could have you could have uh, kept around certain characters, people who who were willing to sign contracts to do that sort of stuff, right? Right. You could have you potentially could have finally given the actual like Black Widow and Hawkeye movie that people wanted. Though I think Scarlet wanted to be done, but I'm sure if if you had done one more uh, one more movie that was like based on them, you know, mm-hmm. um, even maybe if she dies at the she could have died at the end of that movie, right? That sets up like she sacrifices herself for the the potential good of everything else. Um, but that's part of the problem with Marvel. And we'll get into it a little bit with uh, Dune, but like Marvel doesn't have stakes. None of yep. nothing that happens in any of these movies matters, which is why the only thing that a lot of people care about is the end credit scene because it's like what's coming next? What's happening yep. next? Tell me what's next. What's the bigger the movie picture? itself sucks. Yeah. Um so yeah, I you know, uh we can move on. We've been talking about yep. this for a little while. <laughs> we got to get through some more stuff so we can talk about Dune. Um oh I thought my this Lord. next video I stumbled upon last week was hilarious and it's gonna hearken us back to the uh, moral majority years yes and uh, and oh, geez we talked about Batman last week yes um, so I thought this was uh this was pretty great um do you want to set this you're up you're welcome yes yeah, this so was this was great this was such a good find Batman Returns uh in 1992 released you know the first one was Batman with Michael Keaton in it and then returns was the the next one i think it had a pg-13 rating and um basically what this new segment uh kind of more you say new segment not, that's not it it's, it's like, more of like an oprah winfrey yeah. style type of uh uh video where the people so, are like sitting in the audience and they have like yeah. guests who come up and the person like leads them on with questions yes that's basically what's and going so on. Uh, this is talking about Batman's returns impact on children, which number <laughs> one, if it's rated PG 13 and you're a parent, why are you, regardless of, you know, one of the complaints that you'll hear is that, you know, McDonald's was marketing all their stuff towards Batman returns, but why are you letting your children go see a movie rated that's rated PG 13 if they're not mature enough to go see it? Yes. All right. So let me let me go ahead and, and we'll get into to some of these and we'll talk about them. Yeah. Danny Slasky, please welcome Danny. I started this a little early because I like this first part. 
This game is allegedly a reviewer. <laughs> so, Danny, what did you think of the movie? It was very violent. It was a total attack against kids. The whole movie. Everything that kids love was being used against them. Like what? Clowns. So genuine. Hang on. I know some of you were watching at home. He goes, this is so, he's like, it's a, this is, is very violent. It's attack on kids. And they go to this kid in the audience and the kid's like, what? <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Even the penguin had a ducky boat. And so things that kids could identify presents with. Presents and mobiles. All that type of stuff were used and to mobiles. Kids and capture kids. Penguin's total goal was to hurt kids. You think it was scary then? Definitely for kids. Yeah, for you? Um, I was I was actually a little bit scared, and I have never been scared of a movie like I'm this so before. Yeah. I came out oh. of Terminator 2. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. I missed Terminator that the first was time. Rated R. Not only is Terminator 2 rated R, a child is blown away by a nuke in that movie. He's, I don't know if you remember that part. He's standing on the fence, and the bomb goes off, and it blows him away, and it's just a skeleton left. Dude, and this you're... is cracking me up so bad because of just this part. And then the the, the next part in the uh, – from um, – uh, six minutes and 30 seconds to six minutes and 38 seconds is hilarious but you could this is totally like he was handed a script beforehand and uh th these aren't his words six minutes 30 right yeah six minutes 30 sorry there it's hilarious this kid again people so this kid is funny. a movie reviewer for usa today yes he's a junior reviewer now um if you want to watch this full thing of course it's in the show notes and i highly recommend it because it's very fascinating very entertaining did you see younger kids in the theater when you went to see it? How many times have you seen it? I saw it twice to get a real good view of it. And the second time I saw it's it... It's his I, job, no snickering. He had to see it twice, right? The second time I saw it's it, so when scary. I saw the I younger kids, I really wanted to tell them not to see this. It's really scary. Yeah. It's a really scary movie. Brad, what's your biggest complaint with the movie? Well, my biggest complaint is... Oh, yeah, they just had that guy on, and he was yeah. like, yikes. <laughs> it's... Uh, I, I, <laughs> What he said in the beginning, but how scary it was, yeah, and that you know all the stuff that he says. I had to go see it. <laughs> and he's like, I and love... he said I was a little scared of it in the beginning, yeah. and then he's. I wanted to tell these other children not to watch this movie. Yeah. He literally, dude. He sounds... You know it sounds like he had to convince his parents, like, no, I need to go see it a second yeah. time. <laughs> that way, yep. I can really tell them how scary it is. <laughs> But dude, oh, it's it's so funny watching this because they have another guy on there who's like the adult and he's with some organization that's like, you know, fight for the family or something. Yeah, and it's like uh, I I remember so much of this from growing up, where it was like everything was like a, an attack on something, right? It's yep. an attack on children. It's attack on churches. I mean, like when the Da Vinci Code came out, they were like, oh, you can't see this, like, and all that. Listen. Anybody out there, whether you have kids, whether you're going to have kids, it's not the way to handle it because if you hark really hard on a subject and you're like, do not do this, right? And you're very adamant about it. Your kids are just going to wonder why they can't do it and they're going to be more curious and they're going to want to yep. go do it. That's all that it does. It's what happens. Like, it. like, let me tell you about this because there's two stories that go along with this and, and then um, you can give me your thoughts and we'll move on. But, uh, we, th I remember one time when I was in high school, we had chapel, right? Cause I went to private school mm -hmm. and they did a whole chapel on why we should not go see the Da Vinci code. Right. 
Chapel ends, and I look at my friend sitting next to me, and I go, we're going to see The Da Vinci Code after school, right? And he goes, yep. <laughs> and the movie was terrible. I mean, like, that's the thing is it's 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 one of those things that if you're if you speak to people in a way that's not just trying to, like, fear monger them into something, right? you might be able to win them over or better yet. It's like maybe let people make certain decisions for themselves instead of like trying to scare them into the thing. Like, yeah, parents need to be responsible for their children, especially in this situation, which leads me to my other story. And it's a little, it's a short. So, um, I lived across the street from a blockbuster growing up. And when I was in, like early on in college, so it's probably like 2009, maybe 10, whenever, um, mm-hmm. Watchmen came out. So it was after that. And I was in Blockbuster and this woman comes storming into the store uh, to talk to one of the employees who was a friend. And she starts like yelling and being very upset because she rented a superhero movie for her kids and started complaining about how violent and full of sex and all these other things it was. And and, and then my, uh, my friend's like, ma'am that's Watchmen. that that movie is not for children he goes did you look at the rating on the back i was like did, did are you not aware of what kind of movie this is like you know superhero movies aren't all for children <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of all the parents who and people who complain about eminem and yeah. it's like why are you letting your children listen to eminem yeah like what, what's going on like because you're e- you either are so you're not being like mindful of what your children are doing, which kind of harkens back to our last episode a little bit, mm-hmm. um, or you have no idea what you're talking about, yep. and you're you're just getting angry over something that someone else told you, which is yeah something that we're going to be talking about in a minute as well. Um, but yeah, that that's hilarious, dude. Thank you so much for yeah. finding that clip, dude, um, man. I watched that so many times. It was just great, especially when I got to the part where he said, I was watching. I I watched it for a second time. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he, you know, he told his parents and whoever, you know, his boss would be at USA today. I need to go see it for a second time. Just so I can really see how scary it is. Yeah. I I didn't quite understand if it was quite scary enough. I need to know if he was really beginning, how just rehearsed it is. Like, Oh he, yeah, like, it kids was, shouldn't go see uh-huh. it. He's like, it was an attack on children. There were clowns and ducky, <laughs> <A> ducky boats. Boat? <laughs> and the penguin. penguin had stuff coming out of his mouth. <laughs> um. All right. So this next thing, I just want to mention because this will be something that'll probably get talked about more down the line uh, when it finally gets released. Um, the uh, the Uncharted movie, which is based on a PlayStation game. Uh, or a series of PlayStation games is finally mm-hmm. coming to the big screen. Um, I don't want to go. Did you watch the trailer? I don't want to go too much into it because yeah, there's. I, there, there, I don't know how much you know about Uncharted. Um, this was uh, at one time one of my, and I still really love these the these games. Um, mm-hmm. But there was definitely a time where this was like top tier for me. Like I I've played yeah. through all of them. Um, and I played the first one. There was uh, there was rumor. Honestly, dude, I think it's been. I was trying. I was trying to look, and I couldn't quite like nail it down. I'm pretty sure they've been talking about this movie for like ten years. Seems that way. I, I think, feel like I've heard about this for a while too. Yeah, I think Mark Wahlberg has been attached to this thing for a very long time. Um, and it and at one point it had 
a, like people were just like this sounds terrible and so it, it's been in like development hell forever they've been over they've been trying to get it and they're just like but Mark Wahlberg has to be in it um, and he's in it and so was Tom Holland I guess they were just waiting for someone to come of age that can be quirky at the bill which I don't think he does I mean first of all he's too young and I know there's like young Drake like comes into the story like way later on um, and they do some like flashback stuff uh, but this this movie Ooh, excuse me. you're good this movie feels like just kind of this mashup of uh, what I'm thinking is the first three films uh, that scene where he's like falling out of the back of the plane with the yes that's like from the third game I mean almost like sh- yep. it looks like beat for beat shot shot right uh-huh um though it doesn't look like it's in the desert which is also kind of annoying um i'll say that to to some degree my, most of my annoyances with what this movie will probably end up being will be that it's not really like faithful to the original series it's gonna be that same mm. thing where it's like hey remember that thing from the game that you liked here it is in movie form and you're like okay um, and then nothing at all about the game yeah yeah, pretty much and and they probably aren't planning on doing another one I, I mean we'll see just based on the way that um the box office stuff is going but this might this honestly it might have general appeal just because it has like an indiana jones like feel to it tom holland super well known mm-hmm. for being spider-man so that they have that in their corner and mark Wahlberg, um i think i think uh can still put butts in seats like i think he's still kind of yeah. one of those guys that people see him and they see tom holland and they go okay this could be interesting this could be a fun adventure movie for the family it's pg-13 and it's not batman returns so <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see i don't but, have much of an opinion about it i don't have uh high hopes for it yeah it looks better than resident evil it that's not a high bar though no you're absolutely right it's not <laughs> Oh man, Eternals right. looks better than Resident Evil. What does? Eternals. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be an interesting comparison. Those movies both come yeah. out this year, don't they? I think so. Oh, we'll have to do like a versus thing with that, and 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 figure out wh- <laughs> what's best of the worst of those two. <laughs> we should. Oh man, we should create a list of bad movies. Like that we know are bad movies that we've already seen and then pit them against each other and watch each of them again and figure out which one is worse. <laughs> Make a ranking. <laughs> yes. Um, the champion of the bad movies. <laughs> all right. So this next thing I wanted to bring up because we've been talking about Dave Chappelle for a couple of weeks now, which is insane to me that his special came out like three weeks ago. Three or four weeks ago. Yeah, good for him. More people watching it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it has a 44% on Rotten Tomatoes from nine reviewers. The critic score, or that's the critic score. The the um, the fan score, or whatever, like the normal people score is, uh, it's at 96% with over 5,000 reviews. Mm. So it's like, it's another one of those incidences where it's like, a lot of these critics are trash man it's it's so they have so much of a of an agenda and they can't again they cannot critically look at something and be like here's what i liked here's what i don't like the reason you should listen to me is because i've watched a lot of comedy specials or i've been following dave Chappelle and his comedy for a very long time you know what i mean Mm. and instead they're just like he said something about the tease so we we don't like him two out of ten that's 
It's ridiculous. So many things are like that on there to where it's like the credit score is extremely low yeah. and then the audience score is high or then the credit sco- score is really high and the audience score is low yeah. because it's not, it's about activism, not actually about content. Mm-hmm. So yep. that's what happens when you do it, right? Yep. Speaking of activism. Like if I was to say God's Not Dead is a great movie just because it's a Christian film. No, the content isn't that good as far as the plot and stuff's concerned. Exactly. And no one would be – no one with kind of like a discerning um, eye, I guess, would probably be taking you seriously if you were just like God's Not Dead is the greatest movie that's ever – Existed. Yeah, that's a better way. It will to say change it. people's lives. It will, da, 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 you know, which is a lot of like what we read about the eternal stuff. We're like masterpiece, and you're like, I don't. Do you know what words are? Do you know how they work? <laughs> you know, it's like. Anyway, so speaking of activism, after all of this stuff kind of went down with the controversy in Dave's, um, uh, special. Excuse me, man. I had a, mm-hmm. a little bit of a brain fart right there. Um, there was a a small. Uh, protest outside of the of Netflix headquarters and people walked out um, and I think I've already covered a lot of the the misinformation that was going on and lies that were people were putting out about how there was a, a, a trans woman who uh, was fired for her comments about Dave special which wasn't true um, she did what any employee would probably at least get uh, punished for by walking into a meeting that she was not uh, invited to like a high up meeting um, and causing problems within that. Like, yep. come on now. Like, I don't know. Civility isn't yes. something that seems to like be in these people's like toolkit or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. But anyway, I want to play a little bit of this and then we can talk about it and then move on to Dune. Okay. Marie Preston and I am the organizer for the Stand Up and Solidarity Rally and I thank all of you for being here today in support of the employees at Netflix of trans and non-binary experience and their allies and accomplices. I think the message that many people expect for us to deliver today is one around why it's important to cancel Dave Chappelle. And so I want to make it very clear that this isn't an instance of cancel culture because I've invited Dave Chappelle to have transformative dialogue with us on multiple occasions. And he has made it clear that it is not of interest to him. So just to be clear, this isn't cancel culture, but an avoidance of accountability when we've invited you to be a part of the repair that it takes to be able to not only heal culture, but to move all of us forward. Sorry, she she kind of keeps going, but that's mm-hmm. the gist of uh, why they're there, right? Um, and it's interesting that her interpretation of why what they're doing isn't cancel culture is because that they... Is, sorry. Ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, that They invited him and he declined to have a conversation, which has changed, by the way. Um, as far as I'm aware, he has said that he has said that he would be willing to have a conversation with someone, maybe this lady, I, I'm assuming, sorry. <laughs> the funny um, thing to me is, and, and again, I don't know if there's a better shot or angle, but all you see is, uh, media personnel around her, but you don't see how many people came out. It wasn't, they don't, there's some other, uh, 50 people. Yeah. Max. Um, and 
again, the reason I wanted to bring this up, and I and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think it was one of the weeks that you were out. I might have. I can't remember. Um, his special was talking about the like a lot of the people who were at rallies like this, right? And how they feel this need to defend everything about themselves and because they see themselves as more important and as on a hierarchy higher up than anybody else to right. the point where it's like you can't you can't make jokes right it's like the per like you've met people like this in in your life where you can't joke around with certain people because everything that you say has the potential to like trigger some sort of like negative response from them mm-hmm. even the lightest like the lightest of uh pokes yep sets them off in a way where you're just like and and so then you're at at this place now where every time you're around that person you're just like tense yeah and you're and you're like i don't like this and then you just don't want to be around them you just don't want to associate with them anymore and this is exactly that situation and it's what he's constantly getting at he's like i'm not punching down i'm punching up and you all are punching down because you see yourselves as more important and more important than my people, which he means comedians, right? Right. Because um, he does the whole thing about his friend Daphne, um, who was trans and who um, ended up killing herself because of um, people harassing her online um, because she stood up for Dave. Um, yep. And so it's like, who's the villain, right? Um Hey, I just I just wanted to bring it up. Thought it was interesting. It's it's just it is. it's always kind of interesting how again and and to his point, like to Dave's point, there's this very like self righteous nature around these people as if they have done nothing wrong and that they are the heroes and that they are the ones who are um uh the like doing the altruent or whatever like whatever words you want to use to describe how how it's good the they see moral, themselves. It's the new moral majority. Yes, absolutely. Except for- you know they're not technically in the majority you know right right yeah and i well so, neither was the to, well okay yeah uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know depending I mean? on the depending on when you're talking about the moral majority they went from yes yeah there was definitely that downslope um but they still had some sort of influence for a while <clears throat> all right so let's get into the meat of this week um so obviously this doesn't really count as one of your watching movies to make joseph a more um civilized person we counted Um, it for this week yeah but it's i mean we got to talk about it because it's the big release um from the last week uh dune dune finally released um this is part one uh hopefully we're getting part two uh i think it's going to be greenlit i'm surprised like this is just it's very emblematic of the problem with warner brothers and how terrible of a company they are that this is a you know it cost them 165 million dollars to make it and there's a lot of uh things that uh, <laughs> I'm sorry there's a there's a yahoo article called give us dune to you cowards <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of things a company like warner brothers will do a studio will do to you know test it and screen it and you know all these different variables to get an essence of what the general audience will respond respond like and estimates you know it's already brought in 40 million dollars opening weekend and that's the best release so far for a hybrid release meaning that it's in theaters and you can stream it uh for warner brothers and 
you know, estimates have it that if it would have just, just theater alone and without the pandemic, it would have done at least 20% more, if not better. And so yeah. far, I think globally, it's around $220 million that it's done. Great. And so, you know, uh, when you put a ton of money into a uh, production like this, yeah, that is going to span probably at least you know two or three more likely three I, movies i think it's know. only going to be two that could okay. change but as far as i'm aware denny Villeneuve, and sorry if i'm saying his name wrong it, it he's got a tough name to pronounce um, yeah. so i'm sticking with it but uh it he is his intention was to have part one and part two yes well so so again that you spend all this time and you do all this research and you put all this testing out to get a feel, you can kind of get a good reaction of how everyone's going to respond. And this is how they typically do it. Right. And then you, yeah. you know, or right when this one's done, you kind of green light to production for the second one. Right. Like they didn't make fellowship of the uh, fellowship of the rings without putting in production, the second and third one as well. Right. So, I mean, I just think like, I understand you got to know how it's received and I'm not sitting here saying that you commit hundreds of millions of dollars into the second one, right? but you, you typically have it green light, right? And you're in pre-production mm -hmm. already by the time it comes out. Yeah. The you're first you're one, kind so. of planning that it will be as successful as you're thinking it's going to be because yes, of the research shows, that you've done. This shows that they didn't think it was going to be successful. <laughs> Yeah, or yeah. they were hesitant. They were very it. hesitant for sure. Um, there, yeah. There's always excuses that are like that because uh, Denny Villeneuve wanted to do them back to back, so we wanted to mm -hmm. shoot it back to back, right? Because you, you always sense. run into that's you, what yeah. they did with uh, Two Towers and Return of the Kings, I believe. Mm -hmm. I think you're right, um, and they do that uh, partially for consistency because if you have younger actors and then you wait a couple years. Sometimes they don't look around the same age, even though it's picking mm -hmm. up. Because, I mean, the next part is going to pick up right where part one left off. Mm -hmm. um, and there was, you know, I. it's funny because we were talking about Eternals earlier. And um, this movie uh, is similar uh, in the for me in the sense of that I've been kind of talking to a lot of people about it. Um, I've seen it twice. And... <laughs> that I want to see it a second time. Yeah, that is a feat. I actually really, I have not seen it in the theater yet, and I want to see it in IMAX in particular. Like, I want to yeah. wait a couple weeks and then find the closest IMAX to me and like make a like a thing of it or whatever to to go see it because everyone's saying that that's the best experience. Yep. Um, and also, I want to go see it in theater at least to kind of count. If I'm gonna go see Eternals in theater because I kind of have no choice, I need to go see this in theaters. Yeah. Um. So. I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Oh, the reason I said that is because um, <laughs> it's it's weirdly like divisive with people. Like I you, don't know why. I you, think it's just the woke crowd. You know, they see. So it's not just them though. Um, there's I and I don't want to like I don't want to trash on the on on this person necessarily because I feel like I give him a hard time. Um, but there's a certain certain people that I've seen online like that are are on my Twitter feed a lot or whatever. Um, and they don't generally like, they're not critics of movies or they don't, they don't know. Temple. <laughs> <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. But as soon as you said that, I was like, Oh yeah, I know who this, specific, about. this specific individual. And I don't know if he was trolling. Yeah. Um, I, I saw, and we like, we like him. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I saw his tweet 
and I rolled my eyes and just kept going because I'm like, yeah, I, I don't I saw even. Tweet too. It's it's one of those things that's like when I have people that I trust, um, who and I've tried to stay away from. I generally, if we're gonna talk about it on the show, I try to stay away from reviews. Yes. Um, drinkers, uh, critical drinkers, about the only person um, yep. that I will the because exception. I really, I just really like his reviews. I, I, I yeah. it's very his stuff's really entertaining. Um, He's really good at reviewing yeah, movies. But Tim said that he walked out of the theater halfway through, and I'm like, what? And, and so here's, you just confirmed it. Whatever, whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. You, you blew the. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. So he. We're not said even that into the review yet. The, the the theater halfway through it, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay. First of all, have you ever walked out of a movie? Yes, I've only walked out of one movie. One time. Yep. Okay. Year one. Yeah, that was garbage. I understand. I kind of understand why you did that. I have never. Like, it was funny. Justin asked me this today. He he goes, "You've seen a lot of movies, right?" And I was like, "Yes, I've seen a lot of movies." He goes, "You've seen a lot of bad movies too." And I said, "Yes. Not only have I seen a lot of bad movies, I would probably tell you I've seen more bad movies than I have good movies. That's just mm -hmm. kind of the way that it that it works over I've time." I've seen a lot of bad movies. Yeah. Um, we spent three hours in a movie theater watching one in L.A. <laughs> what did you see in L.A.? Uh. Transformers. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, those are trash. Um, okay, but all that to be said, I've never walked out of a movie, and so it's one of the. And, and I was thinking about this, right? Because I, I figured I might as well at least have a good criticism for it. It's like if you walked out of the movie, right? Your opinion on whether this is good or bad kind of goes out the window. Mm -hmm. In the same way that if you got halfway through a book. And then you try to come out and be like, here's my review of this book. Yeah. I'm not going to take you seriously. Video game, kind of the same thing, right? Yep. So it was just one of those things where he's like, yeah, I walked out halfway through. And first I go, okay, he might be trolling, but also if he's not trolling, well, whatever, right? Um, it's like, I, I, I don't, like, year one, okay, so like the, the movie in LA, I knew it was going to be a bad movie. Right. I didn't mind. Yes, was I like, oh crap, it's not over yet. I thought it was over here. Okay, uh, this thing's keeping on going. It's very long, right? Yeah. Uh, but I knew it was going to be a bad movie. I know Eternals is going to be a bad movie. Sometimes it's just about like when I went to go see Trans Transformers in LA with everyone, I was like, this is going to be a bad movie. It's not about, a, I'm not going to this for a good storyline. I'm just going this to go see robots fight big explosions and be sure. entertained for something that's very subpar. Sure. You know, just like with Godzilla, I'm not going to Godzilla for this amazing storyline. I'm just going to see monsters fight and stuff like that. Right. Sure. And so, uh, you know, that's what's important. I think, you know, I don't know what it is. I've seen some people from, uh, you know, from people who know the novels, this is the most faithful adaptation. That's what Even I've heard too. the, you know, what uh, some people that we listen to who review movies would say, uh, you know, oh, kind of like what we've talked about, the, you know, just, you know, race swapping or gender swapping or orientation swapping or whatever swapping you're doing just to swap to, you know, not because just to meet a, meet a quota. Uh -huh. Right. Um, you know, that, that isn't what this is, is a faithful adaptation. It's a, uh, a lot of the themes and points in the movie bent more towards a liberal lens. If you wanted to classify yeah, it on yeah. a political spectrum, um, like not everything, but some things. Right. And it's, it's and if it's there in the movie, it's subtle. 
Yeah, it's subtle, you know. And I don't. I mean, well, you gotta think. So when I say liberal, I don't. I'm not meaning. Let me let me clarify. I'm not meaning what you and I would say as liberal. Uh, what I'm meaning is someone who's like MAGA on the far right would oh, say is liberal. Oh, okay, that's fair. That, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I mean. So let me clarify that so, position. Yeah, well, the I, and I wouldn't. Okay, so I wanna I wanna dive into this because um, we've talked enough about yeah. other people's opinions. It, it does. Yep. Some of that stuff doesn't really affect me at all. Um, because there's very yeah. I want to know what you think. Um, I I I wrote a couple notes down, um, just so that I could kind of keep my thoughts in check. Mm-hmm. Because I've noticed when we do these, sometimes that I'll start on something and then immediately my brain will go, "Well, what about this?" And I'll move on without finishing my first thought. So mm-hmm. I've I've broken this down, and I'll we'll we'll talk about this in in kind of this order, and then we'll fill in the gaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk about the story first. Um, and th- some of that is uh world building. Um, pacing, um, and generally overall, I liked it. Um, yep, from same. The, I have never, I have not read the book. I don't really plan on reading the book because nope, it's really same. long, and I've heard it's very dense. And there's a lot of words that are not real words that they use. Um, right. I I understand that this where you could, if you were really nitpicking, you could find the quote unquote like liberal stuff in the movie because mm-hmm. the main group of people the Bene Gesserit who are a group of women who have uh, the ability to literally get people to do almost anything that they want um, I could see where you would want to you would pull that from and uh, okay but it's it's one of those or things you have these if you want to say colonizers going to this land to yeah, extract the spices from the native population right. and then the natives know. rising up yeah I get it yeah um, that's uh in so much cinema like it is a it, it's the actual story of dune number one right it, um, it works as a plot device the canon. Yeah. yeah it does it, and it's <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that it's good that's okay like we can you should be able yeah. to to criticize people who go to a planet to steal its resources and kill the people yes. who are there like that that seems fair to <laughs> me basic it seems fair to me um so yeah i think i think the story is very well done um, it's more I, philosophical. Yes, it's slow. So the way that I've described it, the the movie to people is that it's like a Shakespeare play on a desert planet. Mm, um, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, if you're expecting to see um, a Marvel movie or Star Wars or something like that, there are beats of that. Like uh, people have been trying to compare it to Lord of the Rings. They've been trying to compare it to Star Wars. They've been. I've heard a couple of people trying to compare it to Chronicles of Riddick, and I'm just like. <laughs> This stuff, this stuff does bother me. I mean, not not on like a big level, right? Like, I'm not gonna get super pissed off at someone because mm-hmm. they compared it to Riddick. Um, but what people are doing is they're going like, well, there's sand, and there's spaceships, and these other things have sand and spaceships, so they must be the the same thing. It must be. And so someone will go, oh, this looks like they just ripped off Riddick. And I go, this was made in the '60s. Like, this book is from the '60s. Yep. Like, what are you like? Mm. Like sometimes so people, I, yeah, I could understand like, come on, guys. someone, my first thought after, not my first thought, but one of my thoughts after the movie ended was it kind of reminded me more of like the fellowship of the rings, not in the sense, yeah, a little bit. in the sense of like, it's more narrative focus, more mm-hmm. dialogue focus, mm-hmm. more prologue, building everything up, character building, it, uh, world yeah, building. Char- exactly. Mm-hmm. All of that focus. And 
I, I can see, you know, that point, but it's, um, it's yeah, an, just saying this is like Star Wars because of ships and yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then it was really funny. Hyperspeed or whatever. I I didn't catch this when this criticism came up, and then uh, we'll move on to some of the other stuff that I've got in here. Um, someone, you know how they use so in the story they use shields, right? Mm-hmm. And someone goes that I was watching this with this weekend, and I'm gonna bring this up to them next time I see them. They go, well, how how why doesn't everyone just use guns? Do you know why they don't use guns? Because of the shields. Yes, because there's a line in the movie that specifically says that the slow attack gets through the shield. So if yep. you were shooting high velocity rounds at people, it's gonna go. It's not gonna work. So it brings the back that hand to hand con. Uh, exactly. Um, and so that's it. It's a cool and and this is kind of part of that um, world building that's part of the story. It's a cool note where you go the shields the tech got so good that you almost go backwards in time with Mm -hmm. combat because your ability to fight this stuff or defend against certain things got as good as it did with these shields and i'm like that is so cool this is why this movie is good because there's there's little details um it's it's funny enough it's actually one of my a little bit of one of my criticisms too um there's way too much uh unnecessary like exposition about the way the world works at certain points um let me bring up one point uh -hmm. one specific time this happens it's not really a spoiler um so paul the main character he is constantly watching these tapes as i think he calls them tapes of um arrakis i think it's that's the name of the planet, right? And yeah. of of it's not Dune, but one of the guys calls it Dune, and the, one of the villains does. Um, and he's watching a a tape about how uh, the locals, the people who live on the planet, who's there. This is what I'm saying. There's so many names in this. I'm having a hard time. I should have written down the a Freemans. list. The oh, the free, no, the, the Fremens, the Fremens, yeah, the Fremens. So the way that they walk across areas of of the desert where there are sandworms. And mm-hmm. there's this whole explanation in this tape that he's sitting and watching um, or pretty early on in the film. And then they get to a place towards the end of the movie where he has to do this. And he explains it again. And I'm like, you don't need to do that. Yeah, exactly. I understand that this is a two and a half hour long movie, right? And then someone goes, well, people probably weren't paying attention. I was like, that's not my problem. They explained it. Yeah. He had the knowledge the minute he started doing that again and all he had to say to like cuz his mother's with him at this point. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> sorry, I got a All they had to do uh, all they had to do was give like some sort of indication of like hey follow what I do. Right? He doesn't you don't have to do this long explanation of why you do the thing. Be like the the Fremen have a like even if you're just like the Fremen have a way of uh, walking in these areas just do what I do and then everyone mm-hmm. goes oh yeah he learned that earlier on and that's great payoff for that original scene yeah but you don't have to verbalize it right but because again. they don't trust the audience to remember those things they have to give you the like oh well earlier on in the movie I was watching a tape and the, and there's a couple times throughout the movie where they do that. Yeah, and it feels very like tutorialized, and I'm like, ah, like, hopefully, the sequel gets rid of a lot of that stuff 
there's enough like trust at that point to be like we don't need to tell you everything which they do a relatively good job with uh, Mm -hmm. in the movie but um, did you have anything to add to the story before we move on because I have Uh, I think they could have done a better job with world building their home planet Um, you know what is it what is it uh, Callan or something like that Uh, I can't remember uh, whatever the home planet is, they could have done it. Like, I don't, I don't mean like, you know, spending a ton of time there, but kind of getting an understanding of what their home planet is like. So you kind of get yeah. the picture of what they're leaving and what they're going to. That's fair. Um, and, but then, you know, the other thing is that I don't really feel other than the dad and Paul, the main actor, right? Mm-hmm. So the, um, Duke or whatnot, whatever his name is, Lord, Lord or whatever. And then Paul, the main character, their relationship is good. I feel like kind of from there, his Paul's relationship with his mother and then Paul's relationship with the pilot. I don't know. I Duncan. didn't feel that con- that connection and payoff. You know, I, I felt like they could have done a better job on there. I mean, okay. you know, Jason Momoa does a great job of playing Jason Momoa. You know, the same character he plays in, all right. his films and i think um, it, it works and yeah yeah he does I mean, a great job in yeah. this film he he did yeah. yeah he did exactly kind of the role that he needed to do and yeah. let's move into the characters that's actually the next thing on my list um okay. i i javier bardem and jason momoa are my favorite characters in this movie <laughs> yeah. just like straight up i love Javier plays. He, he plays the um the Fremen leader who comes and join. You know, yeah. they're okay. Yeah, who he's got one of the best moments in the movie when he comes to greet them. Um, and there's gonna be light spoilers in this, by the way, from this point on. Yeah. Like, there's no way that I can completely avoid all the spoilers. Um, but he, he so if you want to go see this movie or you want to watch this movie or whatever, do that. Come back, listen to this. But uh, he comes into their like throne it's not a throne room but some meeting room whatever um and uh, oscar isaac's meeting with him and he spits on the table and everyone is like either like oh no or like um josh brolin's character gets like super pissed and it's such again you want to talk about like a great world building moment um you come to realize that they do that out of respect and honor for the person that they're meeting because mm-hmm. to give up your moisture is a very valuable thing on this desert planet. Um, and I was immediately just like, that is so great. I yep. <laughs> it's just one it of those It really moments. does reach like, you know, different cultures, different things like understanding different yeah. cultures. And I really, I, I enjoyed that part as well. Um, I don't think I hated anyone in this movie. No, um, I think... Uh, what's her name? Zendaya. Um, Zendaya. Zendaya. It's it's either yeah, she Daya kinda, or Dea. <laughs> she <laughs> kind of like plays yeah. the same character. In Agreed. Film. She's really the same person in everything. She has like um, the same look, the same um, general the like same stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it's these long stares or whatever. Which there's lots of that in this movie, but hers in, in particular scenes and yeah, just. And, and she's, she hasn't talked much, but even her cadence when she talks is the same in everything. 
yeah. they were just like, you're going to play the same character. We're just going to put different costumes on you depending on the movie that you're in, right? And everyone's like super into her. And I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I just don't get it. Yeah, I really don't I'm understand. Right the, I don't understand the appeal. I'm not saying she's terrible or anything. That's not what I mean at all. But as far as the the hype that she gets, she yeah, she's not yeah, that great I, of an I actress. I, yeah, I don't see it personally. As far as that greatness, like what you're what you're saying, right. maybe she'll get there. Right? I don't see it's Tom possible. Holland there either. No, I, no, no. He you know, he gets te- he gets typecasted as well for yeah. sure. Um, but uh, he at least looks like he's putting some effort into the things that he's doing. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's definitely weak. Um, but T- I mean, people they're growing are, characters. I think that they'll probably Tom Holland and her will probably be around in Hollywood for a long time, right? And they'll get better, you know. Right. Well, I've seen a lot of people complaining about Batista. Like, Batista was terrible in this movie. Or oh, he just played Drax. I'm like, he's in it for three minutes. Yeah, like, like he, two or three minutes of a like, two and a half hour movie. It's like, all right, guys. He yells yeah. like one time, and he's basically there to like take information for the audience so yep. that we know what's going on right and to look menacing that's basically the character he plays in in the first part of this movie so maybe that'll change um but it's just hard to to be like one way or the other with him because he's barely in it yep um josh brolin's oscar, great yeah he is yeah oscar isaac oscar is too yeah absolutely good um i feel bad because i always forget her name um oh yeah played what's her face? the mother who's actually i would say she's probably um, I did not spell. You, they did a great job with her character, and like you like her and dislike her at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, and she's she okay. So she's one of the most powerful. Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. Um, she's one of the most powerful characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. But she makes mistakes. She acts on emotion in the wrong way sometimes, and she's chastised for it, mm-hmm. right? Um, but she's also a loving mother. She's a loving wife. Mm-hmm. Um, her and Oscar Isaacs have a great connection with each other, I think. There's a great moment where you can see sort of like his his regret. Um, and that's one of the things that makes uh, Oscar Isaac so great in this movie too, is that he plays such a human character. He's got, he mm-hmm. definitely has some, as far as like the straight up acting is concerned, he has some of the best scenes in the movie by far. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. He, um, that scene where he's with, uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet who plays Paul, mm-hmm. um, and they're in the graveyard. Um, and he's talking about, um, like essentially becoming the king um after uh his father and he says well what if that's not my path or what if that's not my destiny and he's like well then you've been everything that you've ever needed to be to me and he's like my son and i was just like dang and i'm also like i can't believe that line made it i can't believe they put that in a hollywood movie in 2021 (laughs) i know dude it was such a good scene and good writing on that and then the other one is when he's with uh, Rebecca Ferguson and they're in their bedroom and he goes, I really, he's like, I, re-, he essentially yeah. says, I regret not marrying you. And there, it's like this one line, but there's so much emotion and like power behind it. I'm like, dang, man. Um, so do you have any, is there, are, who are we forgetting? Is there any other characters we need to bring up? Uh, I mean, like I, the villain, the main villain is fine. good. Or yeah, I guess I, the, the I guess the main villain of this movie is fine. The ultimate villain seems like it's going to be the the emperor. Um, so maybe 
Yeah. Or is it Paul? I guess it depends <laughs> on your vantage point. Because there's a, a specific scene in the movie um, after like the major event that happens at literally mm-hmm. the halfway point where he has this vision of a um, essentially like a crusade in his his name. Like he becomes sort of he's a a quote unquote messiah figure in this movie, mm-hmm. which is really funny because a lot of people early on were um, complaining about that. They're like, oh, he's just like a white savior. And I'm like, yeah. guys, did you not see the part where potentially he's not a good person that his destiny is essentially to conquer the entire universe and rule over it and it's like and not in a not in a nice way not in a butterfly kind and flowers kind of way but like a iron fist ruling type uh, of way yeah yeah like tyrant kind of way potentially i haven't read the book so i don't i don't know um that's i've heard kind of heard rumblings about that but there is a scene that potentially if um they're going down this kind of path that like his destiny has been laid out for him and he's having these visions uh, of what he could become. Uh, yeah, who knows? And he has to sacrifice in order to become that, you know, more good savior rather than, you know, if he doesn't do those things, maybe he ends up becoming. Yeah, I don't know. You know, the villain. Um, it, it could be. I mean, I don't think, you know, I mean, well, I mean, people have to find something to complain about. The, the white savior thing just seems... It's so goofy. So strange. And it's, I mean, not a, it's not fair. It's just it's like not, not like a fair criticism. Black Panther and thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's dumb. Stories are stories. You have heroes, you have villains. The more complicated... Yeah, I mean, at this point it is. I mean, if it was 1950 or 40, I see your point. Like Sure. Um, but when you have complex characters and you have a story like that, like Dune, uh, having, a, having a character who potentially isn't as he's not just this and this is the problem right is because i think people when people complain about that stuff like their idea of what a hero and a main character should be is like ray that my assumption would be yeah. is like this perfect unstoppable good character right whereas paul is flawed he's young he's impulsive um you know he's struggling with his identity in this movie like there's lots of things about him that make him like he has that ability right to speak to people and and, um, control them but he's Mm -hmm. not very good at it right it's not as if he does it for the first time and it's established that he's just an amazing person and he's so good at it right there's actual character development in this movie character development in this movie and even by the end of the movie he's still not in a position to be like the hero right Right. Like there's all this stuff that's pointing to like he's going to train and he's going to learn how to do all of these things to potentially um, help this uh, group of people get out of essentially the oppression that they're in, which I guess yep. is where they get the, the the savior complex from or whatever the white savior thing from. It's so stupid. So I'm just tired of people bringing that up and being like, this movie's a 10 out of 10. But there is this white savior complex that I'm not totally yeah. cool with. And I'm it's like, like get out of here. Ma- I've created a whole list for those on last Tuesday's episode of non-European sci-fi fantasies. Yeah. And mythologies and stuff that you can go in and create your own movie from. That would be great. I mean, Dune is a great example of just a well-written movie. Is it slow at times? Is it pacing off at times? Absolutely. Are there criticisms of it? Yes, there are. But it is a good movie. It's the first movie I've seen this year to where I thought 
I would like to see that a second time. And that's only because I think Promising Young Woman came out last year. It did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, it's been few and far between this year. Uh, it's funny because uh, there's a couple movies I'll be seeing this week that I'm interested to see if those will turn out good. Um, but anyway, um, let's talk about the the visuals. Yes. You go first. And then I'll Dude, go on my... <laughs> like Even though you know there was a bunch of CGI in it, I think they did. I think he did a great job. I mean, it didn't mm-hmm. feel like I was watching an animated movie like it does when you watch a Marvel movie. Like it was, yeah. The detail, the everything about the CGI was on point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of consistency to that, which is nice. Um, nothing fell off, and because a lot of it is background, um, yep. and it's stuff that's subtle. Uh, which is the problem with a lot of Marvel stuff where it's like they'll CG an entire scene. So it's like the mm-hmm. characters, everything is basically animated. It takes you out of the experience, right? Uh, where for the most part, and if they did it in this with characters, it was really subtle and probably shot from far away. A big wide shot or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I, I so I, the second time I watched, I mean, I, I noticed all this stuff the first time, but I was really able to kind of sit and look at the details the second time because I already knew what was going to happen. Um, right. So I was just kind of like watching the sets and like looking at, at the way everything was lit. Um, and I was getting so excited. And it's so funny because I'll see this with like, <clears throat> I'll see movies with a group of people. And I, I always want to like look at people and be like, God, this movie, like the cinematography is so good. But I know... 99% of people just don't care. They understand yeah. that it looks good, but it doesn't go any further than that. So I'm like, oh, the way this is lighted or, oh, look at the way that the, like the shot, like they've, they've cast these characters in shadow for like a couple seconds or this or that or whatever the case may be. And I was like, yep. it's but so, it's, it, sorry, go ahead. It's so the, well the, shot. It, it's so well it, shot. Every shot, every scene, every detail of the ships of uh, the background with uh, the ocean and the mountains and, you know, the ship coming up out of the water and the water falling, the uh-huh. worms and, and being in the desert and the, you know, the giant earthworms coming through and, and blasting through and the sand going over just yep. every single part. And you never feel like, again, you're, you're watching CGI. It seems like this is all real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very immersive. And that's, that's like generally what you want. You yep. don't want people thinking about uh, weird inconsistencies, even if they they're not a hundred percent sure why something's off. They can tell that it's off, and it takes them out of the experience of what's actually happening. Yes. Like um, the Hobbit. Yeah. Oh Lord. <laughs> That's oh, a perfect no. example of what not to do with yeah, CG. Yeah, yeah, Especially that last one. It's like uh, bad. Yeah, that whole final battle. You're, it was just like exhausting. <laughs> I know. Um, all right. Well, we've already talked about the pacing. Was there anything else? No, um, I think that's really it for me. I was this is a to, great movie. I recommend it for everyone to go watch and see. Yeah, I mean, uh, oh, oh, so let me mention this. Um, okay. This is, it's not really a pacing thing. I don't, this sort of fits into story to some degree, but should be talked about. Um, and I mentioned it a little bit before. So one of the things that I really like about this movie is that um, like death matters or there's stakes in this movie. Right, mm-hmm. so characters die, they're dead, and they're not coming back. Yep. 
and it has it's generally meaningful though i don't know what happened to josh brolin yeah that he was charges, strange that was a little weird he charges off and then someone someone that i saw it with the second time i watched it was like oh he, he died i there he gets killed by batista and i'm like i don't think we saw him die <laughs> so my assumption is is that he's not dead um and i my my reasoning behind it was because he he seemed like kind of a crafty character like they kind of set mm-hmm. him up to be very resourceful and very stoic. stoic and just like aware of what he's doing so i would assume at this point if anyone survives to move to like get into the next movie from his family um besides his mother um it would be him at this mm-hmm. point um i i really like jason momoa's last scene Mm-hmm. Um, it's it works so well, and it it's very fitting for his character. Um, there's there's little details, just like little details of stuff that I I think I missed. Um, as far as like stuff we were talking about. Um, yeah, I mean, I it's it's great, man. I mean, yeah, there's some like weird dialogue stuff, like I was saying, and there isn't any anything in it as far as the dialogue's concerned that just like completely took me out of the movie. Uh, especially the first time I saw it, it's 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 something you really do have to pay attention to. Okay. Um. But it, it's we. It, there are moments afterwards, like getting really critical with it and looking into it. I'm like, eh. I was like, I don't know if that totally works. But for like a first time viewing, um, or people who aren't gonna try to like dig as deep into it as I was, um, it's great. I, I think it's great. Uh, a great movie. Uh, I I don't understand why anyone would walk out of the theater um i yeah, if, if, I if you're if you're again if you're expecting marvel if you're expecting something with explosions every two minutes um and like quirky dialogue uh the whole time you're really not going to get that it's very restrained in those things and i was i was happy so, about that i was um, too there's a specific scene that i'll mention and then i'll i'll, I'll let you close us out okay um there's a scene after the big battle halfway through, right, where he and his mother are hiding in a tent, and they there's this mouse, right, that's on the, the planet that they've established that the the Fremen have um, brought animals onto the planet um, to kind of like I guess bring more life to uh, um, Arrakis, and he he's in the tent with his mom and at one point they're like oh we need to get out of the tent right and he has this thing that essentially is gonna like blow a hole open in the sand and there's a mouse that's like hopping around up there and i went oh this is interesting right and this is a good example of the difference between someone who knows how to restrain themselves and someone who is only making a scene for a cheap laugh right Mm -hmm. so a lesser director and a lesser writer would have had that scene play out where paul blows open the hole and the mouse goes flying and dies or whatever and then goes and like shakes off and runs away, right? But they don't do it. They just ignore it completely and continue on with the story. And I was like, that's great. It's like they didn't go for and there's a couple times that they had the possibility for that happening in the movie and they just mm-hmm. don't do it. They don't go for the cheap the cheap gimmick. Um, yeah. The movie just continues on and I was just really happy about that. Yeah, I was too. I think overall great movie highly recommend people to go see i'm gonna watch it for a second time this week uh, and i i just my wife and i just really enjoyed it yeah and it's crazy to me because most people that i've talked to uh, or a lot of the people that i saw it with um 
the second time I watched it, they really enjoyed it. And I was kind of shocked. I was, I was a little nervous because it's not, Dune is not a mainstream thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we've kind of established that, I guess, but it really is not mainstream. And to see people who, and it's not a knock against any of them, but I, I who I would have not thought could sit through a two and a half hour movie that is essentially actors acting for a majority of it. Mm-hmm. And they were all like pleasantly surprised. Dude. They, they liked it or, I mean, no one said had any issues with it Dude, or major issues. To, I'll say this lastly. And if yes. you want to close no, out, I'm you can, good. I'm good. That's, but that's this it. is the thing about the CGI I wanted to point out is that it was great CGI without a bunch of explosions and stuff like that. Yeah. And those are, that there. wasn't what was the, <laughs> it, yeah, it was there, but that's what wasn't, what was captivating about it. It was everything else we had mentioned. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, I think, you know, again, uh, I think even, uh, Timothy, uh, you know, even his character, when I want to say that Chalamet, Chalamet, yeah, him and Zendaya, you know, on the same level of acting in that movie. I mean, he's, you know, uh, I would say better because obviously he's the main character. So you get a more uh, emotional spectrum to view. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully it will highlight her, you know, some in the second we can see, you know, maybe more her acting chops and, and everything. But sure. yeah, hopefully yeah, she man, can bring I, it. I, a great movie. People see it. Yeah, watch on HBO it. max, go to the movies. To if, you see got it. A, if you got an IMAX near you, just go see an IMAX, yes. go support your local theater and this movie. Cause it deserves it. Um, and, uh, have you uh, have you ever watched Prisoners? I haven't. Maybe a Prisoner. I think so. It's one of D- Denny Villeneuve's so. movies. Um, we can. I will. I'll add it to the list, um, and we'll talk about it after afterwards. But it's one of my favorite movies that he's done. Um, where um, oh, Wolverine's kids go missing, or his daughter goes missing, uh, and. Um, it's got Jake Gyllenhaal in it. It plays a detective and the whole movie is essentially them trying to track down this kid. Um, and yeah, no like, shock yeah, fantastic movie. So it's much more, obviously it's not a sci-fi adventure like Dune is, but uh, that's, that's another one that I really like that he's done. So, all right. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, hope you enjoyed our review of Dune and all of the other things that we talked about this week. Uh, we will be back next Tuesday with another episode until then. Politics ruins everything.